Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dr. Carol Francis Talk Radio Show. Let's make life happen together with authors, scientists, researchers, both inside the box and outside the box of understanding so that you can live a life full of your success, curiosity, enjoyment, happiness, and richness of life in every respect. Let's go beyond our limits. Let's help others go beyond their limits as well. Welcome. So, going beyond your limits today, we are being joined by Sarah Wiseman, and she is going to teach us the art, actually the science of gratitude. And I want you to grasp for a moment that when you're in a state of gratitude, thankfulness, appreciation, you have done so much to alter your biology, your neurobiology, your brain chemistry, your health, to say nothing of your way of being able to interact with your relationships in a much more effective fashion. Sarah Wiseman, hello. Welcome to the show. How are you this day? Oh, I'm just great. Thanks so much for having me, Dr. Carol. Well, I know you are a spiritual intuitive. I guess you do some medium reading as well. But I think that I know you most as an author, and I love the way you write, and I don't say that to everyone. And I think the living a life of gratitude, which is a theme of this show today, it is such such a moving read, easy and moving. No matter when or where I pick it up, I am afterward transported in one of those tingle moments or one of those, oh, or one of those, wow. And And I'm transported to my own materials as well as I've enjoyed your own. So I don't know how you put the magic in your book if you've got you know, fairy dust inside those pages or not, but how, how, can we just know, how do you create the magic? What is the magic inside of you that you create and how you put it into your writing? Oh, you know, I, I think that grat- the, the idea of gratitude, when I first realized that that was going to be the book that I was writing, I really wanted to be, it's not about being a Pollyanna or having this, sort of false positivity all the time. I'm actually often, you know, quite quite grumpy in my own life, just like anybody else. But it began, in, it began to be like, more like it's just about when you get really aware and just really relax and pay attention to whatever's going on at the moment, it, it, it's, you're just stunned by, wow, it's so amazing. It's just so amazing. And um, this book kind of goes from our birth to death and beyond, and it's a lot of personal stories about from my life because that's what I knew, but um, just takes each little piece of life as an experience, um, almost like a, a string of pearls. You've got one pearl and then the next pearl and then the next, and just tries to help the reader connect to those times in their own lives and just remember them like, yeah, that was amazing. Exactly. And that's, readers, you know, she's talking about this being an expression of her own stories, and it is. And yet, your own stories will come forth, they'll spring up from inside of you and kind of take hold of your mind, and you will feel your emotions shift. You know, Sarah, I think this is kind of like an antidepressant. <laughs> ah. <laughs> well, that's you know, I work with great. A lot of individuals. 
<laughs> yes, it is. I yeah. have a lot of individuals yeah. with a lot of fear, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety. They're going through some really tough times in their life, and they don't need a Pollyanna to come and say, oh, isn't life beautiful? And that is not your message. In fact, you've had hardships in your life that make you uh, authentically behind the gratitude as opposed to just, oh, come on, everybody, stop complaining. You're not doing that at all. You're authentically experiencing pains and sufferings in life, and yet the power of gratitude is an overarching guide for you. So take us to some of your traumas so your listeners can go, okay, Mm. she knows. Yeah, during the writing of this book, which was so interesting, in fact, I just finished the last word on the manuscript of this book, Um, and then I think a a couple days later, I went in to have two really big surgeries. I had melanoma last fall, so... um, I wrote this book during my own cancer journey. I wrote it before that. I wrote it during my my daughter, my 13-year-old daughter, had to have really major scoliosis surgery, which she's doing great now, but we didn't know that at the time. And right before that, um, my mom got really sick and had um, kidney failure and had to be in um, the ICU for, I think, I think it was for a really long time in the ICU and then a really long time. She's in the hospital for, I think, six to eight weeks before she was able to go to rehab. So during the writing of this book, I called it, I think I called it the summer of hospitals. Like we were just, oh, now we're in the hospital for my mom and now we'll be in the hospital for my daughter and then now it's going to be my turn. So um, it was a really hard time. And yet even, even, even just, like, I remember being, I don't think this is in the book, but I remember being at my mom's hospital. I was up in Seattle and taking a break and heading out to lunch, and it was this beautiful summer day, and just sitting there in the hospital cafeteria outside going, it's just beautiful out here. And, and just mm-hmm. this continued turning towards awareness instead of thought spiraling and allowing the self to go into depression, just going with what is in front of me. Now, what, describe what you think the value is or the power of gratitude is that people really need to grasp. What, what's the what's yeah, the power? I think, again, that? yeah, I think that the power is to um, accept everything. So it's the good and the bad. I call it the good, the bad, the all of it. And just to connect with everything and sort of know that it's all okay. Whatever happens, it's it's just what is. And um, it's all just this very, very full, whole experience for us. So we aren't afraid of the bad. We just sort of are with it. Or we aren't afraid or angry at the negative. We're just sort of like, okay, let's look at this now. It's just this really big opening to everything. You describe it as a kind of an easy way of just kind of letting it languish over you, like flow in and flow out. Um, but I bet there's a fighter inside of you. <laughs> I bet well, there's a fighter inside of you that says, I do not like this and I do not want to hang around with this. Yeah, well, definitely the grumpy part. 
Oh, oh that's rough. <laughs> well, I have, for example, I'm certainly not sweetness and light uh, at all. I have a, a very, um, you know, a complete personality just like anybody else. Um, I think for me, because of what I do in my other work with the spiritual intuition, I'm really going into like other realms quite a quite a bit, and so that um, that understanding of how we're eternal beings and um, how there's so much support from the universe that really helps to bring this this gratitude attitude. Um, to make that more available, to have that as sort of my foundation, I guess, grumpiness notwithstanding. <laughs> so, in other words, the perspective that this is not the only life and this is not the only domain of our of our uh, our status quo, whatever. It's not the. It is a moment. It is an experience. Yeah, and we might have had. Yeah, I think I follow the idea of you know we've all had many, many, many past lives. We're going to have many future lives that are our true essences, uh, soul essence in the human container of the body. And so, you know, this lifetime's just one. And so we're here, we're here to experience. And so all of the experiences continue to help us grow as people and as souls, I think. You know, the more we... The more we enjoy and the more we suffer and the more we feel, it's like the whole thing uh, helps us to expand as beings. Oh, yes, go ahead. Oh, no, uh, well, I was just thinking, you know, it was really horrible when my mom was in the hospital. And yet um, from that time, like, our relationship really... It's, um, really shifted and changed, and a lot of really good things came out of uh, her, her vulnerability, you know, being hooked up to all those wires. And uh, it was really awful when my daughter, you know, had to have this these giant, you know, these rods put in her back and be in surgery for, I think it was eight hours. But um, during the time that she, she had to be at home for, I think it was like a month, pretty much like just learning how to walk again and those kinds of things. And, you know, the closeness that came from that experience was something that maybe you don't always get with your teenager because they're usually kind of off on their own, but we have a special bond from that. And my own experience with cancer just really gave me compassion to people that had surgeries and had to face the fear and in each of these horrible things this kind of beautiful understanding or more understanding you know came out of those experiences and you uh, Sarah Wise and you had a uh, near-death experience is that am I recalling correctly yeah yeah back in um, 2000 I I had a near-death experience and um it wasn't like, you know, like Dr. Eben Alexander, he his book, um, oh, I, I don't remember, but it's it's like on the charts right now, but yeah. he had a near-death experience in an operation and saw sort of the classic tunnel of light. Mine was more, um, I was in a plane, we didn't crash, the oxygen just went out, and in the moment I just sort of understood God is what the term I gave it 
back then as I just I just understood it. And that was the moment when I look back, I realize, oh yeah, that's when things that's when everything in my life started to shift to this different understanding of things uh after that experience. That's so interesting you talk about that. I'm going to be interviewing Don Saunders about the knowledge, and he had a very similar aha moment that was about 24 minutes long that led to such a profound sense of knowing and understanding that uh, he's just he's just befuddled with all this wonderful information he wants to pass it on. So what was that like for you to have that kind of all-knowing, uh, elevated trans trans Configuration, so to speak. Well, I think I think at that point, um, the immediate thing was, yeah, you just understand, I guess, yourself from soul perspective, and everything just sort of becomes became clear. And then once you've kind of walked through that door, there's no um, once you've seen it. You know, you, you just you don't go backwards. You just kind of keep fo- going forward to the next door. In my own experience, um, it was pretty hard. Sometimes near death, ex- yeah, people who have near death experience often they go right into you know transcendence and change. But then sometimes people have real difficulties adjusting, and I was one of the difficult. <laughs> The grumpy, difficult adjusters. Um, I went into post-traumatic stress disorder, and um, I got divorced, and it was a pretty rough number of years mm. after that. Wow. To kind of, and they they call it integrating, integrating. But once, once I finally um, got through that, then then the intuitive abilities opened, and um, the understanding seems to kind of just kind of keep opening up and I sure don't think I'm the only one that's having this kind of awakening I believe that so so many people on the planet are having this right now it's part of it's just like this is the time we're in this is where human evolution is sort of heading so it's not just like oh this is my experience this is this is common and happening to many that's so interesting you say that. It would be, uh, listeners, please contact us at uh, either Facebook, Dr. Carol Francis Show, or Dr. Carol Francis Show at gmail.com. Let us know how common this is for you to have that kind of awakening. We are talking with Sarah Wiseman. She is an author of many books, and the one we're discussing today is Living a Life of Gratitude. And you can find out more about the wonderful things she offers, including an Ask Sarah uh, intuitive reading, different books, and $1 offers at sarahwiseman.com. Sarah, tell us more about how people should reach you and what this $1 offer is. Um, I'm so happy to have uh, all of my courses on dailyom.com, which is a wonderful uh, spiritual uh, consciousness community. And so you can get those through my website, sarahwiseman.com. And then I've also got right now, uh, it's a daily to your inbox um, sort of, teaching and meditation and I'm also offering that uh for a dollar. I just like the idea of people being able to access stuff and not not having to spend <laughs> I don't know how much but I like to make it available so it's all at my website sarahwiseman.com. And what type of readings do you do? Is it so schedule a reading right on Oh yeah, um I work privately with people. I do um intuitive readings and 
I would say if you're looking for a person to be, you know, the oracle for the future, that's probably not me. I like to just more go into soul perspective and see um, what what your soul is calling you to do. And uh, so that's, that's sort of what I do. And um, I like to just kind of meet people where they are. Some people are, you know, uh, familiar with this type of stuff. Some people aren't. It's it's fine for me either way. You don't have to have a, a graduate degree <laughs> of this to work with me. Just be your normal self, and uh, if that's of interest, those are there. Well, that's that's wonderful. Well, we're going to put down the spot and have you do a little read for me, so they can see how wonderful you are. There you go. But we're going to put that a little bit on the back burner so you can anticipate it. That your book, Living a Life of Gratitude is really well organized if someone wants to read it chronologically, you know, like page to page to page. It just moves you through life and all the different uh, stages. But it's also something you can just dip into, like your toe in cool water, just to have a refreshing, quick, one-moment meditation that gets you back in touch with your gratitude. So, Sarah, I've asked if you could pick out the ones that are currently among the ones that touch you or your favorite currently, like, because I'm sure it shifts. Well, here's one, and I'm not going to read it. I'll just sort of paraphrase it. Uh, it's called In the Moment of Noticing. And so this happened uh, several summers ago. Uh, my whole family likes to go, we like to go to dance performances, like modern dance. It's just something we all really love. And so we were up in Portland, Oregon, and we had been invited to this special performance where you get to put your put a chair, it's like these creaky metal chairs, and you get to sit right on the rehearsal space. There was no um, you know, big auditorium. We were right there with the dancers. And uh the dancers were very young, all in their twenties probably or mid twenties, and we were so close to the dancers, we could hear them, you know, like breathing the sweat would you know flick off onto us and we're just <laughs> sitting there watching it was just like wow get right down there you know like hope we're not asked to have audience participation <laughs> oh wow muscular but um so right in the middle of this really and it was a very hot summer day so all the we were all sweating um in the middle of this very intense um uh, dance, very, um, you know, uh, very intense, right there, just a couple feet away, suddenly this giant bee, and, and this bee was about, I don't know, it was like a, a blimp or a dirigible, it was, it was maybe an, an inch big and a half inch around, and this giant bee just, just starts, starts, um, kind of going into the dance with the dancers. He, he wasn't angry. He was very calm. And the whole audience, the dancers kept going, but the whole audience was just transfixed as this bee made his way sort of across center stage, around the dancers. Um, and, uh, you know, and and it's just like in this moment, the audience sort of connected together in a way that, even with the dance, hadn't happened. So I like to think of that one because it's like anything can happen at any moment that causes us to pay attention in a new way. Um, 
it was just a really interesting, interesting moment. Hmm. Um, yeah, but here's, here's hmm. another one that I like especially. Uh, this one's oh, pretty feel funny. Free, and feel free, to free, re, feel free to read it too because your writing is... Oh. I want them to sample your writing. It is beautiful. Okay. It's well done. Okay, already. <clears throat> Wake up call. This is sort of in the middle of the book. So this is probably in the passage around like adulthood where we're talking about what it's like to be an adult or attempting to be an adult. Uh, sometimes we think we want something, but when it arrives to us, we realize that we never wanted it at all. We just thought we did. As if there's this gap between what our mind craves and what resides in the deeper chambers of our heart, what we want in our earth life and what our soul truly desires. For years, I'd craved one of those fancy coffee makers. You know the kind. They look like miniature spaceships ready to take off from the counter. (laughs) (laughs) And they require an elaborate system of add-on purchases to brew, tiny individual capsules of coffee, tea, or cocoa placed one at a time into the machine. Plunge Mm -hmm. the lever down and voila, you've brewed your own personal private cup. Talk about instant gratification. I spent several years drooling over a particular machine in in retail shows. I was always first in line when they had them in offices, always the big price tag places like your mortgage broker or banker or your kid's orthodontist. But for some (laughs) reason... It's so true. It's so true. It's so true. It's so true. But for some reason, I always resisted buying one. It wasn't just the price, although for a coffee maker, I found the price steep. I didn't think I needed the technology either. I've existed on the single cup, funnel, and filter drip method for decades. But the real truth is my idea of absolute luxury is to not make my own coffee, no matter how elegant the machine. My personal idea of bliss is to have someone bring me a cup of steaming hot coffee coffee in the particular red or green or yellow mugs that I've used and loved for years directly to me in bed. There I am, hair unbrushed, eyes barely open, blanket still snugly, reaching my arm out for the glorious wake-up cup. And if I am truly blessed that day, whoever is bringing me said cup, partner, or one of the teenagers, will sit on the bed and chat with me while I drink it. Heaven, nirvana, bliss. Mm. I think the universe got tired of me drooling over these machines when I already had it so good, and they decided to teach me a lesson Recently, this was last summer, I got to stay at a fantastic hotel courtesy of my publisher. I was so excited about the puffy towels, Brazilian soft pillows. You could even order a live goldfish for your room in case you got lonely. (laughs) (laughs) It's in Denver. I can't remember the name. But the most impressive to me was that they had these special coffee makers just like I'd always wanted. Pop in the tiny sealed canister, push a button, and your brew is ready. I popped, I pushed, I sipped, 
I made a cup and then another cup. And then I made another cup just for the sheer fun of it. But the truth was, sipping coffee in bed, snuggled in my pristine hotel linens, everything fresh and clean and new, I liked my home coffee better. The one cup, one pound, one filter method, the sit on the bed and chat method, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Sometimes we think we want something only to find that we don't in coffee makers and in so many other aspects of our life. The good thing is the universe is well aware of what we need, of what will take us to the highest possibility. And then here's like little questions kind of accompany each. Hmm. Write a list of everything you think you want, a car, a relationship, a new pair of shoes, a degree, a trip, an experience, whatever it is for you. Now, ask the universe to show you if you really want this or not. Is this longing, this craving, will actually make you happier and more whole or not? Hmm. Ah, yes. Okay, I think I've had my emotional cup of coffee for the day. That was lovely. (laughs) (laughs) That's lovely. It just captures. There's nothing like when my uh, my uh, my chef's son brings me a gourmet cup of incredibly amazing coffee for my birthday or Mother's Day. It's the best coffee of the year. And he sits and he talks to me and he makes his gourmet breakfast. You're right. You're absolutely right. I just want to say you're right. And that's my response yeah. to so much of what you're right. Like, you're right. You're right. And I'm, I'm wondering that the times, I've, I, I think I'm going to turn to a page where it's going to be your story and I'm not going to be able to be able to relate because my life is different, and yet that doesn't mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. So you have this wonderful way of just kind of pulling people's commonality somewhere in that thing. Someone's going to say, oh, yes, I know, and uh, and be able to pull into their own experience of this delightful moment. One of my delightful moments, Sarah, was when you talk about being really young and seeing the light, that beam of light, that that moment in which you are just, oh, look at there's God, or oh, look at there's an angel, and that that happens in the innocence of really being young and without the clutter of opinions and belief systems, and and uh, and that was a wonderful way to remember the, oh, that clean, clear, innocent, spontaneous emotion. And I just... Mm-hmm. I, we could go on with a lot of your stories. Another time when you're sitting there and a, this amazing woman comes to your booth that you had to wait and wait and wait and wait for and you didn't even know who you were waiting for and it developed mm-hmm. such a ministry to you. And I could go on these amazing events. What else comes to your mind? Well, I had one, and this might, um, this is kind of interesting because, let me just see how long this one is. I think this will work. This one's a, this one's about it. I write a lot about sense of place because I really feel connected to the earth or or even the like even where I live. I live in the forest out in Oregon. I live with a bunch of trees, and I'm really aware of of the energy of trees. And it's interesting when I first moved here about nine years ago. I I really didn't even understand that 
so I'm in the middle of the forest, right? <laughs> I really didn't even understand back then that, like, the trees were there. I just thought, ah, house in the forest, big deal. And and now I'm so aware of the trees and their energy, and um, it really shifts you kind of kind of living in nature. But this, this was written probably last year, kind of around the same time of year, I'm thinking, maybe a little bit earlier. Um and I'll just read this one. Abundance is always present. The road I drive each day cuts through an ancient apple orchard, curving and winding through farmland, which has long been let go. It's mostly overgrown now. The once orderly orchards are now a tangle of meadow and new forest. But there are still old apple trees amidst unkept land, gnarled with age and growing so close to the road, it's almost dangerous. During the height of the harvest, they scatter their abundance upon the road, golden yellow apples small enough to fit in the palm of your hand, drop onto the road, not just one, but hundreds. And then these same apples stay on the road for weeks, ripening until their skin splits from the sun, sweetening until the point of rotting. The animals come and partake, then the birds and insects, but mostly the apples just lie there until they're run over by cars and finally washed away by the autumn rains. A few times I've seen intrepid folks with apple baskets lightweight wooden containers that they carry around their necks while they pick. They'll be out there for hours picking baskets full. And yet mostly, the apples go to waste. After all, it's not an orchard anymore. It's a road through an orchard. It's almost as if we can't see the apples outside of our understanding of orchard. It's almost as if apples don't exist for us when we see them out of context. And yet, here is magnificent abundance, bushels of apples that fall to the ground and are smashed under car tires as people drive to work, school, wherever they're headed on a busy morning, windows rolled up against the crisp fall air, minds busy with a million thoughts oblivious to what is actually around them. These apples roll onto the very path that we travel. And yet only a few will even notice them. Fewer still will harvest this abundance. I stopped the car one misty morning, pulling to the side of the road as commuting drivers swerved past me. I looked up into the branches of this tree still laden with apples and smelled their apple smell and listened to the slow hum of bees droning across the ground, glutted with sweetness. And then, after I'd had my own fill of this perfect morning, these perfect unclaimed apples, the very sweetness of the bees underfoot, I got back in my car and headed on my way. The apples are probably still there for whoever will slow down enough to see them. So often we think that the gifts aren't there 
because we can't see the orchard for the road. But if we will only slow down and allow ourselves to relax into divine view, the abundance is there within easy view, within simple grasp. And then the message is, today, drive a new route. Look with new eyes. Take your mind off your thoughts and simply see what is in front of you. Be thankful as you notice the gifts you may have missed before when you were too busy searching. When we become present, abundance is everywhere. Ah. I'm just going to soak that in for a moment. But on radio, we have to keep talking. <laughs> that oh, my is- goodness. It's just such a such a moment. I mean, it, it puts the whole idea of stop and smell the roses into the frame of reference of your moment. So, listeners, just take this moment right now just to look around you and see something you haven't seen before in a way that you haven't contemplated before and, and note the marvel that you are about to experience and let that marvelousness just soak inside you so deeply. And while you're in the process of contemplating that, I'm going to shift us just a bit, Sarah. And the shift is along the lines of the science behind gratitude, um, the science that is a part of positive psychology, which through um, uh, Dr. Acor is receiving a lot of attention right now. And the idea that this is truly an antidepressant, this is truly anti-anxiety, this is truly anti-anger uh, uh, a- and aggression, to sit and contemplate and meditate upon gratitude, gratefulness. It's also, Sarah, from my point of view of working with couples uh, so much during the course of a week, I see two individuals come into my office so keen on tearing each other apart and telling each other other how they've created pain for each other and how there's such a disappointment. And I know that that, the person that they're talking to is not 100% a disappointment. But we, it's like we spend this inordinate amount of time picking the scab in order to make the wound worse as opposed to putting some salve on it. And, um, of course, it's a two-way street. You know, marriage counseling is complicated. Marriages are complicated. Relationships can be complicated. But the power of the sort of gratitude to move into a wound and actually create a healing is really worthy of of implementing as genuinely a tool within the context of relationships. So I, I've just given you a little sound bite, Sarah, about how mm-hmm. I think it helps uh, depression, anxiety, fear, couples, relationships, and we can go on to other aspects as well. But what are your thoughts along this line in terms of how this does interface with healing in a positive life? Yeah, um, it's interesting. So when I had um, cancer last fall, one of the first pieces that came to me was, and I had melanoma, so it was pretty tricky, pretty fast. It's one of the deadliest forms of cancer because of the quick way it spreads. Wow. So the, yeah, the, the immediate reaction, and I'm considered cured now, just so nobody has to sit there wondering. <laughs> I'll just say that now. So let's celebrate. Um, That's nice. Yeah. But 
but at that time, you know, no, we didn't we didn't know that that was going to be the outcome at all. And the, the first thing I I spiraled down right into fear and anxiety, and I understood that my immediate task um, was to the, the the terms I would use are raise my energetic vibration so that my mind would stop this obsessive thought looping on fear and anxiety, like, I'm going to die, oh, no, I'm going to die, oh, no. Um, and 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 so, to, to me, in, in the work that I do, I use a lot of different things. One of them is gratitude. One of them is simply going into meditation or gentle, relaxed state and connecting with um, the various, uh, divine beings or the various divine messages or or just divine energy that comes when we connect um, bigger than ourselves. Um, and then I also like to use even um, ambient music like uh, healing music and the whole idea of, of sound therapy because, again, it, it lifts that vibration up. And so I think part of the reason I have such a view of gratitude in my life is because I do all this stuff I mean, in, in working with clients, say, in intuitive training, I might spend several hours a day going into that trance place where we're connecting with divine energy, or I might spend an hour or two hours a day listening to um, healing, healing or ambient music. And so, gosh, it's like the more you expose yourself to good and bliss and light and love, the more you begin to, like, have that as part of you all the time. Um, but I think that's how I would describe it. Oh, of course. That's good. Just as that, the sense of immersion, whatever you're, else, you're going to immerse yourself into, is what's going to mm-hmm. happen to your skin, your brain, your thoughts. It's, it's, it's an obvious thing. If you want to have a toned body, then you're going to exercise and eat toning, toning foods. If you're going to be uh, wanting to be angry, surround yourself with really angry people. <laughs> Angry yeah, games, yeah. angry events. You know, it's like, it's like yes, we're we're kind of built to resonate with what is around us, and then we absorb it, and then we metabolize, it and we manifest it. So, you're suggesting that for you, this is your path. And I do think that um, you know, individuals are different, and so we all need a different path to joy and to peace. Uh, some of us need to do it by being very active and aggressive in our place wrestling, other people need to do the type of meditation that you're mentioning. So living a life of gratitude, you cover all of these different ways of approaching that serenity um, that's that's about being actively involved in life. What is another, what's another uh, section of your book that you want to introduce us to? Yeah, let me look. Um let me look here. Oh, she's oh, as well as you, while you're puzzling, this is living a life of gratitude with Sarah Wiseman, and uh, and while she's looking, combing through what her next selection is, you you will find her materials on sarahwiseman.com, her book on intuition, cancer, miracles, the fear passages of the heart, oh, fascinating topic, your psychic child, writing the divine, and becoming your best self and some translations, French translation of The Psychic Child and Dutch translation of another title I can't even read. 
So there we go. <laughs> I know it's a funny name. Yes. Yeah. So SarahWiseman.com. What did you find, Sarah? I found this is a good one, and I um, I'm finding that these are what I'm choosing today, which I'm kind of choosing at supposedly quote unquote random, are actually bringing <laughs> me big lessons again. Um, so this one's called Spontaneous Buddha. Uh, and this this is a kind of funny one too. Perhaps you've heard about those people who can't wear watches, who fry toasters, and who all, cause all kinds of machinery to blow up whenever they're near, just because of the particular way their body energy is wired. In recent months, mm-hmm. I have turned turned into one of those people. I've blown up my car battery, set off smoke alarms, caused the washing machine to turn on and the dishwasher to turn off. Don't even ask about the toaster. Uh, We laugh when we watch movies in which the face of Jesus is imprinted onto a tortilla and the village goes crazy or shows up in the mold on a shower wall and the TV crews head in. We giggle at the improbability of a healing spring suddenly gushing forth from the ground or a statue of weeping tears or any other sort of impossible miracle happening. And yet, these things do happen. Angels are among us in ways and numbers that we cannot imagine. They work in the ethers. They are actively involved in the electronica, the energies that we all use for communication and machinery these days. In fact, there is so much rubbing of elbows with the angelic realm, it's surprising we aren't tripping over each other all day long. Until we are conscious, there is a veil of perception that makes it impossible for us to see. And yet when we become conscious, that veil is lifted. This happens especially during a near-death experience or other shock to the system when we suddenly realize that there is more to the universe than we have ever dreamed. And then miracles show up out of nowhere and we simply understand that This is how it is. While I was writing this morning, my phone suddenly began to vibrate on my desk, and when I picked it up, I saw it was playing a movie of Buddha. There was Buddha, serene-faced in stone, and there was water pouring over him like a fountain, the sound of the water gurgling from my phone. I held the phone in my hand, not sure what I was seeing. This image, this movie of Buddha, did not come from a phone call. It was not a link. It was not embedded or in my photo gallery or bookmarked or a message. It was not a YouTube video or from any other recognizable source. It was not an image I had ever seen before, and it was not stored in or sent to my phone. It just showed up, Buddha, in healing water, sent as a message to me. Sometimes these things happen. We call them miracles now because we don't understand. We still don't fathom that we exist in the magic all the time. 
spontaneous Buddha, spontaneous Jesus, spontaneous spirit, guide, ascended master, saint, holy one, spontaneous starting of the washing machine, spontaneous movie on the smartphone. Miracles are with us at all times if we are open to see. And then the message is today watch for spontaneous miracles. Instead of searching for reasons why it is not possible or how it was circumstantial, simply allow yourself to be in wonder. Life is mystery. Miracles are everywhere. Mm. Wow. Yeah, and to this day, I, I have no idea what happened. Just... I actually, and I have a lot of I have a lot of trouble. I'm super, often when I uh, am connecting, like on Skype or phone, or often it, the energy is like very crackly. And and so I'm really grateful today, actually, that we've had such a clear connection. Um, <laughs> Another sign of our unbelief. <laughs> I'm sitting going, oh yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh, but yeah. it is a gift. That it, it's just and it's and the clarity of your messages. Well, Sam, I'm going to put you on the spot in a few moments because I want them to experience what your reads are like, and I'd like you to do a read for me. And um, again, folks, we're with Sarah Wiseman. She is an intuitive and does communicate. Has a lot of experience with past lives and with angel communications. And she's going to give us kind of an, an experience of that right now. An excerpt from her book, just while she's preparing, living a life of gratitude. In the moment that we give thanks, everything changes. Our hearts crack open. We are flooded with love. And in that exact instant, we shift to an awareness that is positive, joyous, and dreaming. I love that. This is a section of, of what you describe in your book. You know, uh, Sarah, there's a, there's, there are hormones called oxytocin, which we associate with being in love. These oxytocin hormones are stimulated by your book. I'm quite sure we could measure my oxytocin right now, and it would have been higher than all the chaos that was created around uh, getting ready for all the other activities of the day. Um, And that oxytocin provides individuals with such a sweetness inside themselves, peacefulness, serenity. It helps with stress. It relieves the sense of negative, that the negative aspects of stress, which make you feel like you can't handle the day versus calming you down and focusing. So this is really a valuable book, folks. I think that this is well worth uh, a lot of therapy sessions. This is on a psychologist. Uh, um, I'm, I'm giving some free business away. <laughs> I want to because I want you to be happy, feel optimized and evolved. Sarah, what are your thoughts on these lines? I think it's really interesting, um, the oxytocin. Um, I'm aware of what that is. I don't, you know, I don't have a science background. I'm definitely the art of, not the science of, and definitely not the math of. <laughs> not even bring math into any part of it. But, um, yeah, I, I, um, I'm just taking in, it's interesting how so many of the, um, Modalities, you know, like I'm really attracted to again to sound healing or music or movement and nature. Um, 
and how what from from your background uh there's different language but the same thing is like to be in enjoyment and to be um feeling good is like one of the main reasons we're here it's oh, like it's like it's that. allowed it's allowed it's allowed to feel mm-hmm. good you know that's what we're designed for when did that become um, self-indulgent and narcissism or uh, uh, self-centeredness? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, it feels like if we were all feeling good, everybody, you know, the whole planet would be a pretty happy place if mm-hmm. everybody just worked on being in bliss at least a mm-hmm. little bit of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there are some people that are so evolved that they... They are able, they are able to stay in bliss like most of the time. I'm I'm sure not there, but that's actually I'm that's one of my goals. What, what, mm-hmm. I'm trying to become as expanded as I can. I don't even know how to do that, but but like as an experiment for my life, that just seems to be what's the most important thing. Like, how do mm-hmm. you expand as a being? How do you how do you get more conscious? What are the steps? Mm-hmm very interesting time on the planet. Hmm. And and the internet is interesting. Go ahead. No, please, go ahead. Oh, well, it's interesting, the internet um, and all these ways we can connect now because we're finding pockets of each other where, like, you and I have connected, you know, without the the miracle of radio. (laughs) So, but, you know, we've had this this really cool time today now and and uh i feel oxytocin filled myself too so (laughs) it's like the universe is helping us through the communication system so more and more people having these experiences i i did want to add to this idea that in in my work i do find it, it feels like almost every day i'm getting an email from somebody who's in the middle of what i call a spiritual awakening and I think partly that's because that's what I do, you know, because I've been through some of that and, and so can help people manage that. But I definitely find it increased over last year, and um, it's just really fascinating. Like, if this is happening or starting to happening more and more, then I would imagine that it it will be happening even further as as the momentum goes. So I think we're, it, we are in the middle of an evolutionary change. Hmm. I just, you know, you take me to a place where I, I think about Iran, Iran and Iraq, and um, I have so many friends from there that you had to, had to run away just to have their yeah. safety. And they describe the beautiful fields of flower and roses. And I often drink rose tea from that arena uh, just because I want to think about those people and rose, roses are so amazing. And when my mother had one of her life death experience, uh, she came back. She was so eager to talk to me. It was just a few weeks before she actually did pass over. And she said, Carol, I have to tell you, this, the flowers sing. The flowers all sing. And mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. the way she further described that, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is this is being, can you imagine Iran and Iraq pausing and looking at the beautiful flowers that their country, their land, their geography is enabling them to create 
and be able to pause and stay there, just stay right there in that pause. How could they fight? How could they, you know, mm-hmm. fight each other? How could they? Because most of the people in those lands don't want any of this fighting. So when you talk yeah. about enlightenment, it just makes me feel the hope for peace, the hope for a human evolution. Mm-hmm. And if we can pause and smell the roses and know that they all sing. <laughs> they all sing. Yeah. They do all sing, yeah. And the idea of um, that, I used to be go to um, some church services where, you know, one person would light the candle and then they'd, it was really cool, and then they'd pass these, the light around to everybody holding a candle. Or they sometimes do it at vigils. And that's kind of the example of the light being expanded and passed around right now. Um yeah, in Absolutely. the world. And so, listeners, I again contact us, Dr. Carol Francis Show at Gmail dot com, or Dr. Carol Francis on Facebook, SarahWives dot com. Well, Sarah, are you ready for that read so people can know what type of <laughs> intuitive reading they might be able to have with you? Sure, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and I don't, you know, normally I I take an hour with somebody. <laughs> So we I don't, don't know that I'll be able to get to get to, to oh, what I'm, you need. But... I have such trust in you and your angels more than yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you have any? Do you have any particular question you'd like to ask? Okay, because I do see on your website that you have like questions, like what are your main focuses? What are your what are you working on? What do you most need help with? And that you have them kind of like submit that questionnaire. So that's a great idea for being able to help people to focus. So let's see. Um, let's do visioning my next step. That looks like a great question I think many people uh, want to know. Visioning my next step. For you, um, what came to me when you um, mentioned that we were going to do a little reading uh, a couple minutes ago right away, because usually it will just pop in uh, right then, So the main thing I saw flooding from you, and I don't usually see this as much from people, but um, it's like your whole heart area is, um, (laughs) it's kind of like the Grinch. It's like many sizes too large, and and, uh, it's like your whole heart area, your heart chakra, which is green, is really big. It's like filling your whole, like up to your throat, down to your belly, giant, giant, big heart on you. And so this has sort of been um, pushing out like uh, all feeling, all, um, it's just been pushing out into the world for a really long time. But what they're showing me, and so by they, I mean, at at this point I've got these kind of tall beings. Um, They're sort of a spiritual teacher style. And there's um, several of them. Um, There's about eight, actually, almost like a council today. What they're showing is that um, in your crown chakra, and I don't always deal with chakras. This is just what's coming up for you today, which is more your connection to divine, is about to become, and I think that this might not start happening until early December is what's arriving, but... Like you have um, 
such a life of, of growth and teaching, and it's all come from this heart place. But in early December, the crown chakra is going to lift off even at a level that you haven't experienced at all before. And I would expect that you're going to be having um, instances of visionings and understanding at a very heavy, accelerated rate, um, probably early December, like December 5th through 10th. So just be ready for that. And the guidance is the next step is not a step in, um, you know, like promote the show or It's really a personal step of this really, really intense um, additional awakening or further awakening that's going to come to you in early December. And there's nothing to do. um, Sometimes we're supposed to relax and wait for it, but for you, they're saying sort of like, it's not a near-death experience, but it's like some pretty big jolts some pretty big jolts and shifts and changes are just going to start to start to arrive to you. And it feels like it's going to be a couple weeks. So I do hope you let me know what happens. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> but sometimes sometimes these experiences can be a little, um, you know, like overwhelming. So if, if something begins to happen, uh, just know that it's, and that this is the most important part for anything further you do. It, it, and they also say that on air, you have the power to take people um, and do actual, and maybe you do this already, I'm not aware of it, but you can do actual uh, energetic healing on the air with your show by um, creating the space for that with your intention. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean me with my listeners? Yeah. You, you, you with your listeners. Oh. Even more, oh, no. like you can, you can dial it up even more. Um, mm-hmm. You already heal so many, but you can take it. You're, you're going to take it. You're going to be shocked. You're going to be like, oh, this is the big energy is coming. But it's not going to come from heart, and that's the interesting piece. It's going to come from this mm-hmm. divine place. Mm-hmm. And the rest isn't important. They're saying all the plans just... <laughs> don't, even, don't even concentrate on those. Uh, things will fall into place for yourself. <laughs> So, all right, folks. Yeah. Now, so, so now we have it on tape forever. You know. <laughs> yep. That's the yeah. Well, it's, you know, I don't October mind. October 2013. Because, yeah. Because no, one um one woman I I said she was quite a bit older, and I was like, because sometimes it's very specific. Like you're going to be having a baby, and they're like, oh no, I no way, and then they're like, oh, the baby's name is. So I don't mind. Uh, I just I just say I just say what arrives, and and mostly it's it's pretty accurate as far as I can tell what I hear back. So I'll be waiting well, to hear okay. about <laughs> what happens to you in December. So well, this is just wonderful, and it's inspiring, and I kind of feel it coming on the cusp. I I feel it. I just kind of like feel like I'm waiting for the. Not for the tsunami to hit, because that has disaster in it, but the bigness mm-hmm. of that is kind of like you can see the wave coming, and you go, wow, yeah. that's coming this way. I'm standing right here. Yep. I'm not going to move. Well, that is right. going to be so fascinating. And, folks, I just really do encourage you to reach uh, SarahWiseman.com. Is there any other way that you want them to reach you, Sarah? Um, no, I just well, I have uh, the Ask Sarah blog where people can write their questions, and then 
I um, I answer those on the blog, or I also have a radio show on Fridays on a Contact Talk Radio Network, and they can you can get the free podcasts and such on my website too for that. So I call. And you I can have, take callers on that. Wonderful, and then you have a private intuitive training group, a small group training, level one mm-hmm. intuitive, level two. Mm-hmm. She has so much to yep. offer here, folks. And if nothing else, if you like to sit down and read for a cozy, wonderful moment, then please do make sure you have living a life of gratitude right there with you in your nook, in your, uh, in your, in your, uh, ooh, a Kindle, <laughs> I couldn't remember, or in your hands. Um, so this is just wonderful. Any other ways they can get your books, Sarah, that you want to mention? Um, probably just, um, it's all on Amazon. It's on on Kindle or hardback, so that's a great way to get it. Okay, great. Parting words, Sarah. I don't want to part with you, but parting words. What do you want to say to everybody? <laughs> um, just in in enjoy. Look, lift lift up out of whatever issue or problem, and just kind of look at something awesome and think, Yeah, I'm here on this earth, and and this is quite an experience we're having here today. And just notice. Just notice. Just notice yeah. if the oxytocin is stirring inside of you, <laughs> or if you don't want to think <laughs> that way. Just notice with some inspirational thought of your own, some way in which you can grasp that this moment was given to you as a gift, and take it and pass it on. What do you think, Sarah? I think it's great. Perfect. Yeah. Hmm. All right. This is Dr. Carol Francis, not wanting to say goodbye to each of you, but knowing that each of you have a wonderful day ahead of you. And pass it on. Pass it on. Take care. Bye-bye.